0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: And we'll bring in our next guest because yes, today is all about Neil Wagner and Craig Cumming got a special mention in today's press conference for just uh, being... So helpful uh, to Neil and being a wonderful sounding board and friend as well. Craig, welcome into the program. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate you uh, coming on board today. Tell us a little bit more about Neil. What was the first time uh, that you met this man? When did you first hear about him? We'll see him down there in Otago.
2: Yeah, I mean, guys. guys, um, I didn't know. Actually, I actually got a mention from Wags. Um, you did? I do. I remember, well, we were sort of searching for a quick bowler in Otago, in my case, and Mike Hesson uh, is probably the most diligent person in the world. Went around and said, oh, I've managed to get a hold of this uh, young left arm who's coming over from South Africa. So, you know, we we're pretty excited. We'd had a few, couple of overseas players, but he was, you know, wanting to make residency here, and, and the talk was try and become a black cap. And I remember Wags turned up. He had one of those nice paper thin jackets that they use in Pretoria, where they call it a jacket. <laughs> um, <obviously> to- <laughs> The Pretoria weather's a little bit different, and, and to be honest, Wags, when he turned up, was he spoke English and he spoke decent English, but it, it wasn't his natural language. So um, you know, the first year was always very interesting. He he had everything he talked about referred to back in South Africa, you know, back in Pretoria, and his, he had that lovely sort of you know Pretorian accent. But um, over time, we learned one thing: one, he, he was a lovely guy off the field but I think in his first game against the ND, he got a wicket in his first over, and he gave the batter the biggest send-off he'd ever get. And we went, oh, <laughs> right, okay. Uh, we've got something a little bit fiery here. Um, and I can tell you, even everything you saw about him on the field, um, and, and as a captain, he was the hardest guy to ever captain because you'd never want to stop bowling. <laughs> um, and you, you literally used to go up to him after about seven overs and go, Wags, I've got one more. And then he would go, no, 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 I'm only just getting warmed up. And, and, and that's sort of been... Wags from Day Dot. He's learned and obviously developed skill over the time, but we saw very quickly a, a lion hearted guy on the field who just, he had an alter ego really. He, he just got that glazed look. His nose, you know, his nostrils started to flare and he started, he'd just abuse anyone really. So, um, you know, I, I'm really proud of him. I mean, not easy lifting sticks and, and moving away from the country. He was mm-hmm. from a very close family um, to, to come over. And Dedeen's a long way from Pretoria not just weather-wise. Um, and, um, you know, to, to do that and have a vision and a dream and um, to work exceptionally hard, and I know it was always hard for him in the winter because he'd miss his family, but he just stuck tough. And even when he started with the black caps, it wasn't easy. And then, you know, under Brendan McCullum, he just flourished. And yeah. I think we've all enjoyed watching him. Uh, everything everything you want in a team on the field and everything you want from a teammate. Um, you know, Neil Wagner has shown that. And, you know, we've been a better side for him for a long, long period of time, and you know we're going to really miss him. Not just because of his bowling skills, but everything else that he brings. And I hope at the moment it's probably not quite the end he would have wanted. Um, you know, I dare say he would love to still be playing, but um, at some stage, you know, you you want to try and do things and, and make a mark. But I, I really hope at the moment he gets a chance to sit back and. I always tell him, just Google your name, Wags. Um, whenever he brings me with a wee bit of a grumble or a bit of a grizzle, or <laughs> he's still pissed off if he hasn't played in the one-day team or played a one-day <laughs> Um and, and he is. So he, that might come out. And I used to say to him, mate, there'll be, you know, 99% of cricketers would love to have just your test record and not worry about one-day cricket. Yeah. So I hope he sits back now and he has a chance to, to get a chance to reflect and just look at all the accolades that come his way because you know he's been a very special character for us in New Zealand.
0: He's been a great great New Zealand sportsman uh, Craig but just loving your little antidotes uh, of the early doors uh, mm-hmm. Wags. Now obviously knowing a few of the characters that would have been floating around the Otago cricket team at the time well enough was there ever a time where some I don't know Nathan McCullum or someone might have pulled him aside and said look Wags we're a bit more low-key here we'd Tone it down a little bit. Was there ever, was there ever an attempt to uh, just bring him in a little bit more to the yep. Otago style?
2: I think after a second one-day game, it was an Alex, um, Mike Heston and I pulled him under the trees at practice the next day and said, if you keep carrying on like that, you're not playing every game for a So, yep, yep. And he I didn't listen. Nathan would have had more than a few, I actually sent him off in a game, B. I sent him off in a four-day game. We were playing in D. And and this is Neil. Daniel Flynn's on 200, and Neil wants to try and hit him in the helmet. And I said, Wags, it's not working. We're going away from the plant, and he wouldn't. And he hit him got hit on the bank three times in that next over. And I went down to him and said, Wags. You're not bowling any more bouncers. We're trying to slow this game down. And the next ball, he bowled a bouncer. So I actually went down and said, you're off. Way you go. You can pack your bags and, and Ian Butler can finish you over. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But in that, I mean, yeah, those sort of things. But when it comes to typified, I suppose, what you want from, from yeah. someone on the field. And we just saw it. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to start commentating when bags sort of came. And it was actually the Aussie series against Australia at Hagley where, they were dominating the second test and and baz went to him and all of a sudden we saw this leg side theory and and that's when it came in but you can't bowl like that like neil's five foot nine (laughs) He, he hasn't got a tall action you can't run in and bowl like he did for the next three or four years without having something wrong with you to be honest you know it's um, you know, just and then you know, and what I loved about it was whenever you were in a ground, and you know, you guys would have been the same. When Wax came on and started going, you felt like you you wanted to run down the fence and join them. Yeah, and, that, and that's what he would have done with his teammates. And that's that, that's the beauty. I mean, he, the other he made Tim and Trent great because I say that. I mean, they are obviously great within their own right, but what he did is he bowled all the real ugly, tough overs in the middle. So what it did is allowed Bears and then Kane to allow Trent and Tim to bowl when the time was right for them to bowl, uh, normally with a newer ball or when it was swinging or at the right times. And then Wags just picked up the ugly pieces. And for a long time there, we, we went against the grain of cricket. We didn't play any spinners because we didn't need to, because Neil Wagner did exactly the role a spinner did. Even on a flat pitch, Wags would just run in. And in some ways, it was a little like the flatter it was, the harder he ran in. so. He changed the way we played the game, but he also made Trent and Tim probably better at what they did as well.
0: When you uh when you mention the tough overs and uh, that he bowled and, and I mean that is so strange enough, obviously we talked it so he's probably not as talented as those boys, but you always felt like you had to stay around the uh, TV when he was bowling because there was something about to happen. Was uh, was there anything that stood out from a fitness point of view? Because, geez, every single run-up looked like it was his last and he put the same <laughs> amount in from the first to the end of the day. Just such a... Is he incredibly fit? Because he just gave you that yeah. impression that he was just charging in constantly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, I mean, when you look at it, we've got... I suppose you've got an explosive athlete Beaver. I mean, you know that, you're one of those ones with power and speed and, you know, i very similar in between the wickets. You know, but he, he's not a big guy. Yeah. And, and when he turned up, he, he's always been a runner. So, you know, I think he talked about Chris Donaldson, introduced him to the gym, but he, he was one of those guys who just go running. So, yep. you know, he, he built, built an engine over time. And then along with Chris Donaldson, probably built the ability to absorb the pressure that comes from bowling. But, you know, he's not a big muscular guy. He, he's, I suppose, you could say he's quite lean, but and and that just allowed him, I suppose, to to generate, you know, just just to have a big big motor. Um, but one thing I don't think you could ever judge is, is is the size of the ticket. But also, we don't know how much pain he was in. I, I remember him bowling a test match. I think it was against England at the Mount. He put. He was having injections. His foot was numb. Um, he couldn't feel his foot, and he'd sit there and just flop over. <laughs> so he actually takes his foot up into that sort of more of the strong position. So when he ran, it didn't flop around. He ran in and and still just bowled. Um, you know, there are stories. for him, But then there's some lovely stories about him. I mean, he's a, amazingly a really kind, beautiful person away from the game. He's very mm-hmm. family-orientated. But he liked to look good, Beef. He loved to look good. He gorgeous Oh, he's <laughs> a lovely man. He smells beautiful all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> He'd turn up, he'd have more bats than any of us batters. He'd have more sets of gloves. <laughs> he'd always have about eight pairs of shoes. And, and you know the South Africans were made. You know, South Africans, I always remember, synonymous with Eddie desk. For some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> they seemed to be always Eddie desk, whether it was Jack Callis and Graham Smith. And Wags just loved Eddie desk. So he'd have like 12 pairs of Adidas shoes underneath his desk and um, you know have one for each hour of the day. And um, when he came off, he used to polish all his gear and he was the most tidy and person off the field as well. Um, you know, and again, as I said, he was one of the best smelling cricketers you'd ever meet.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. We could listen to your stories about WAGs uh, <laughs> for hours and hours. But while we've got you on the line, we have to talk about uh, this test series coming up, the most highly anticipated test series in New Zealand for a wee while anyway. How is it going to play out, these pesky Aussies uh, and on our soil?
2: Yeah, we need to beat them, don't we? we, we, we there's one thing we're missing um, for a long, long time And that's beating Australia Whether it be over there or here They they came over here I'm going to say Was it five or six years ago I was commentating And we had high expectations But um, we couldn't beat them They were too good for us But I, I really believe We have an opportunity here I think our top is good enough The challenge we have Will be our spinner um, I think you need to have A good spinner To be able to play them But also On the other side of it While I've got Cummins Stark and Hazelwood Who are three of the big quicks it's actually Nathan Lyon to me who's their glue, and when their game fell apart over in the Ashes, coincided with when Nathan Lyon got injured. I, I think he, I actually think he's their most important player in their whole team. So, if we can play him well, we've got a long way to winning the series. But to play him well, we've obviously got to play the three big quicks. But I, I truly believe we've got the ability, um, or maybe I'm just hoping we've got the ability. Our top orders is good. You know, Kane, we trust. Um, it'll be interesting, but we need to play a spinner. So someone like Mitch Satner um, is going to get the opportunity and we need Mitch to really stand up with the ball because if we don't, it's going to be hard work, especially now that we don't have a Neil Wagner.
0: Craig, you mentioned their three cricks who so are obviously as good as they come, but I don't know, I'm a Black Cap super fan, mate, but the Australian quicks, for some reason, historically, and maybe I'm imagining this, but historically always do some devilish things to our batsmen who are in great form and all of a sudden become not the batsmen that they are. Is, is that my imagination, or do the Australian no. crooks some to, somehow get inside our very good batsmen's minds and, and make make them look not as good as they actually really are?
2: Yeah, no, you're right. But I think the reason they do that, Beavers, because a little bit like when Shane Wong played, because what they do, they obviously start up and they go hard at the top, but then they throw Nathan Lyon at one end. Yeah. And then they just about rotate... Now, they, they do have the advantage. They've got Marsh playing and Green playing now. So they've actually got five quicks. They never used to have an all-rounder now with those two. But literally, they'll just camp up with Nathan Lyon at the other end. And it allows those quicks just to keep coming at you from, from one end. And there's no let up. But the reason they can do that is because Nathan Lyon is so good at the other end. And, and he's not a containing bowler. He's an attacking bowler, like, you know, they call him the GOAT. Um, and he can take wickets at that other end. So, you know, sometimes you get down and face Nathan Lyon and you think, oh, thank God for that. I'm like, one, I'm not going to get hit. Um, two, I'll have a bit of a go, uh, and he's just too good. So that's why, I mean, if we can dominate Nathan Lyon at the other end, then it puts more pressure back on the big quicks as well. So, to be honest, B, you've got to play them all well, don't you? Yeah. You know, yeah, you know there's 90 odd overs in a day and we're going to have to do that very well from both ends. But I still believe if we can dominate Nathan Lyon, now dominate him means not just going out and trying to whack him. It can literally mean that he bowls his 20 overs in a day or 25 and gets, you know, one for 60. That's still dominating because that means you have got to put extra pressure and we ask those big boys to bowl three, four, five spells and that'll be a challenge for them. And then when we get Mitch Marsh on or Cameron Green comes on, we can't do that old soft one where we give them an easy wicket. We've got to make sure that we're just as tough against them. So then they go back to their big quicks as well, and we just wear them out.
0: And sadly, obviously, it is going to be a wagsless attack. Who's who are we picking? Obviously, Salvi's there. Uh, who else is going to be joining the captain?
2: Well, I mean, um, I, I was really into. I thought Trent Bolt might have been available and select for the series because to me, this is our biggest series. You know, yep. you know in, the, in the next couple of years, but. You know he he isn't. Um, Jamison's now injured, so we're going to you know we're going to have Saudi will be there. Well, Matt Henry yep. who's been been wonderful for the last two years, and um, I suppose that third seamer position is a bit of a question mark. What a it did brilliantly, um, but playing South Africa B team yep. um, at Hamilton's very different than taking on Australia. Um, you know on two good pitches. Yes, they will have bounce, but they like that. Um, to me, it's about getting the ball to move sideways. If we can get the ball to move sideways against their batters, they're not used to that. That's how we'll get it. So, yeah, while we've got, you know, I suppose some strength there, I think Cougar Line's in the squad. I, I'd I'd probably go for rock over Cougar Line because he can get the ball to nip um, and go sideways because we've got to bring in the inside and outside edge because pace and bounce are not going to worry them so much. But, yeah, losing Jamison, and um, that's why I was a little bit surprised that maybe Wags wasn't, you know, maybe considered all for this series or you know, the retirement's come now because I still would have seen a place for him. And just remember the last time we played Australia, over in Australia, I think wag has got 27 wickets in those three test matches. He got Steve Smith out for fun. So, you know, to me, it's a bit of a shame, but it's going to put pressure on. But maybe, well, at he bowls well, bowls 140, but he can actually move the ball sideways, which is really important. And you
0: mentioned one of the great coaches, uh, Mike Hessen before. Now, that would be underselling who we've got on the line now, mate, because uh, you've coached your target Sparks uh, to another <laughs> Shield victory. Tell us more about it.
2: Yeah, a really special day on Sunday. Uh, we, we played the grand Final against Wellington. We we did well because um, we had um, to win the last four games to get there. Wow. We managed to do it and, and, and did that, and then uh, yeah, had a real good tussle with them on Sunday. and. You know, um, we chased down 212, which in a final is a good effort. You know, we got Susie Bates obviously in a side, but she got out early. And I know a lot of people gave it the big, but I I was pretty confident. And we've got some quality young players. So, yeah, we chased it down about the 48th over. And as you guys know, um, you know, you do a lot of hard work. And those next four or five hours are are really special for your team. And as a coach, seeing your players Mm. celebrate and have smiles and feel the justification and the satisfying nature of all the hard work they put in was so much fun and yeah you get to sit back I mean the great thing about now other than you when know, I was around there's social media there's a lot of photos a lot of videos and all that sort of stuff and you actually get a chance to to carry on um the good news is sometimes though phones get put in the pocket of I was well and truly at home if I can tell you that guys um I was well and truly at home but no it was it was it was an awesome day and, and super proud it's a it's a really you know it's a great group. I'm, I'm very lucky to coach an awesome young ladies who are um, uh, the most amazing group off the field, the most amazing humans, but they're also showing you can be really good cricketers with that as well.
0: Brilliant, Craig. Well, I don't think I think a few of us will never begrudge the fact that social media wasn't around when we were probably uh, <laughs>
2: in our prime,
0: but uh, mate, thank you very much for sharing about the Sparks, sharing about the great Kiwi who is now retired, Neil Wags. Mate, we've loved the stories and loved having you on. Uh,
2: my pleasure. Anytime, guys.